You are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Okay, that's the goal. That's the goal. You look great. You're sexy. You look so good right now. Working on it, man. Yeah, 193. Yeah, healthy 193. I was actually uh, 188, but I ended up gaining a few pounds just from my daughter's preschool graduation party afterwards, and then Father's Day. And dude, you got to throw like keto Father's Day and paleo graduation parties. I know, I know. And you'll be fine. Yeah, that's insane though. Just two days of eating like shit. Exactly. And you gain like eight pounds. Yeah. Yep. Your, your body just loves fucking Yeah, But fat. you know what? I, I, I started liquid dieting again today, so hopefully within the next few days I'll drop all that weight. And you like that, don't you? Uh, dude, I love the liquid dieting, and I love fasting. I just, yeah. I feel better. I, I have more oh, how energy. Long, how long have you been fasting? The fasting has been going on like, for... No, like, yeah, like when did you start? Because I didn't know you started. Yeah, that. so I would say maybe about two months now. I've been doing the oh, nice. the fasting. Yeah, yeah. So the first time when I first started, I went maybe four or five days straight. And then uh, the Holy two shit. days of the week. Yeah. And then the two days of the week, um, I would just stick with liquids. Just anything. Broth, shakes, water, whatever. Um, yeah. And then nowadays, I do it like every other day. Fast or liquid? I'll fast, yeah. Like just have water. And That's... then like, you know. But you know what? I... Even when I was dieting years ago, like I still feel better today doing the fasting. Yeah. And liquid dieting, yeah. It just it seems to work for my body. And you feel good and yeah. you're fine, you have energy and all yep. that. Yep. I you know what? And there were times too if I did decide to eat, I would just do intermittent fasting. You know, I'll eat once, maybe in the afternoon, maybe have like a light healthy snack later on. You know, some days I don't. I'll just have lunch. And that's it, just call it a day. And I still feel great. That's good. Yeah. Remember, like, I think two episodes ago, we were talking about, we just got to find the lifestyle of, with food that works for you. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. I think just fasting. Just, whenever, just fa- lack of food. Lack of, just like, fat. like physical, like, yeah, just solids. You yeah. Know? Just fasting and then like going, just getting calories from liquid. Yeah. And if you feel like you have energy and you feel, you feel like you are, sleeping well and all that other stuff yeah oh that that was another big thing too is a huge improvement on sleeping really oh yeah i mean i would stay up until like two three o'clock in the morning because i was just never tired and by fasting and doing you know the liquid dieting like i'm starting to like doze off around like nine ten o'clock you know perfect yeah and i'm getting a full Uh eight hours plus so yeah yep fuck yeah dude yeah fuck yeah so that and light exercising that's what three days a week right like yeah that's all you need yeah fucking right dude good that's good shit and i'm just gonna keep going till i feel comfortable now imagine (laughs) what would happen if like there was some way we could pay aka or like american top team to put you through a fight camp (laughs) For like nine to twelve week, like a twelve week fight camp, just full on. Here's Mikey. He's put him through a fight camp. He's gonna be sponsored, so we're we're, we're gonna pay for it. Don't worry. We want to see how he handles two a days, like <laughs> like all this shit. And you guys can feed him and do like 
He's basically imagine he's a professional fighter in your camp. Let's see how. Let's so not just their exercise regimen, but also their diet plan. Basically, you're gonna do whatever Khabib does for his for his fight, or or Dustin for their their fights leading up to each other. Okay. So the sleeping, eating, the workouts, <laughs> the strength and conditioning training, the recovery stuff, all of it, just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting though? Like, how would they do? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Speaking of how they would do because of training, let's jump right into it. Mm-hmm. I sent you that article about TJ Dillashaw. Yes. What were your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, sorry, to set the set the standard, the article was an interview with TJ Dillashaw about mm-hmm. the EPO stuff, and he mm-hmm. just came out right and explained. Just flat out admitted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing, right? There, I kind of see it two ways. I do give him credit. Because he did come out and say, you know what, it was found in my system, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't fully admit that he was dosing himself. You know, even though everyone knew that what he was taking, you have to physically inject it. Um, So, I mean, it is nice to know, like, I guess to get the weight off of his shoulders, you know, to just fully come out and admit that he did it. Now, he also explained why, though. Um, He was anemic. Yes. So now here's my question for you. Yes. Before I give, uh, well, first let me give my opinion, like you asked. So okay. the thing is, we knew he cheated, even though he didn't fully admit it. Um, well, he did. I, I, I was bummed, you know, just like most people were, because I'm I'm also a TJ fan, it, and it was my reaction was like, um, not a like a disappointment, like ah oh, fuck, dude, you know, right. Like, what the hell? Um, the thing is, is I don't feel bad because it's like you knew you were doing it because you physically had to inject it in yourself. But I also understand why you were doing it. But at the right. same time, it's like, well, why? Because the exact quote was, first and foremost, I cheated. I don't want to create any excuses. I wanted to drop the weight class. I wanted to go down one weight class to 125 pounds, and I played it off on how easy it was going to be. Yeah. I pushed my body to the extreme. About six weeks out, my body started to crash. It started to get tired. My hematocrit was crashing. I was on the verge of becoming anemic. I decided to take something I wasn't allowed to take. It's called Procrit. It would help me not only make the weight, but to... be myself. Yeah, yeah. Procrit is a medication often used to help people with anemia. Uh, the active ingredient is the EPO, which is what's used primarily in the professional cycling world for as a performance answer. Mm. Uh, he said his because his blood levels bordered on him becoming anemic, which would account for him basically falling apart and feeling like shit. He said that when he used it, it basically brought him back in line with his normal levels as if he was not cutting weight. So now my question is, was there something else he could have substituted for no. that he was allowed to okay to cut to 125 no long story short the weight cut to 125 with the workload that he had was was breaking his body apart yeah and yeah. the only way for him to keep his body intact was either to drop out which i don't think his pride would allow him to do that was going to be my next thing was i mean and this goes for any fighter like what's that Pride? The amount of pride that these guys have that they would rather be unhealthy or even go to that extent of cheating, you know, where it's like, dude, just stay in your lane where it's safe. Um, I mean, what do you have to prove? You're already amazing at your weight. 
Because here's something else I wanted to bring up is, you know, too many guys, it seems like they go for a title defense, they get the championship, whatever. Rather than stay a couple fights defending it, they want to bounce back and forth between weight classes because they want to prove that they could be the best, right? I feel like this is a new thing the last few few years, maybe Since four or Conor five McGregor. years. Right. Everybody wants to be a Connor. I get yes. that. Everybody wants it. his Beca- money. Everybody wants his lifestyle. Everybody wants his success. Everybody wants his Absolutely. His Which, fortune. you know what? Hey, it, whatever. The guy's very successful, and he did a great job doing what he did, but too many guys are doing it. No one's unique, but it's like... Well, I feel like, again, if you're going through that physically... Right. The the weight cut, you mean, or the double champ life? The weight cut. Okay. Weight cutting. Okay. And knowing what you're going through... Right. Why not just accept it? Just say, you know what? I'm better at this weight. It is what it is. It's like their pride just gets to them, and they, they strive for the money and the, the title and... I don't know, man. It's like Henry Cejudo now. You know, he's got two titles, two title defenses. Yep. He wants to go for a third one. Yeah. Like, why don't you spend time defending those titles before you just jump to something else? Because how can you truly be great just from one title defense or just getting the title from another weight class, but then not defending it? Well, I think in Henry's case, Henry's a big boy, and Henry cuts a lot of weight. I mean, I feel like the double, the champ champ life is about people who are in a weight class they shouldn't really be in. Yeah. For example, Conor McGregor can make 145. Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor looks like he's about to die at 145. Right. He looks like a skeleton. He can compete. He does. He did. He dominates. He dominated. He looks great at 155. That's his weight class. Mm. Like he looks like he should be at 155. Right. Uh, let's talk about Daniel Cormier. Mm. Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier now fights a heavyweight. Right. Uh, he was at light heavyweight before. Right. John Jones territory. You. He made it, but it was always rough for him to cut to that. Right. Get there. Yeah. He's at heavyweight. He looks healthy. He looks fast. He looks powerful. That's his weight class. Exactly. Right? You have... Uh, what's another good example? Uh, you have um, TJ Dillashaw. Fucking killer. Right? Drops down. Tries to go to featherweight. Tries to take him out. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Right? He had to fucking take EPO to do it. And that was my point, too. Like, even on the stuff, he still failed. Right. So it's like, I mean, that should be... But that's a sign of, like I said before, about physically how they aren't there yet. Like, like they aren't there yet. They have, like, fighters have a a specific range that they are great in, right? I'm yeah. sorry, not featherweight. I meant to say bantamweight. I was, or not bantamweight, flyweight. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, for TJ Dillashaw going down to, to flyweight, right? So, I mean, there's, whoa. Sorry, uh, I, went, I went to double check everything. Woo, okay. Okay. They took... Uh, TJ's not even ranked. He's out. Out, out. Not even fucking ranked. Makes sense. He's out for two years. Right. But he's gone, gone. Uh, 
So, yeah. So, TJ Dillashaw drops to flyweight. Looks like crap. Has to take EPO to make it. He gets knocked out in, what, 20 seconds? Yeah. Or beaten up in 20 seconds. He's a fucking killer at bantamweight. Max Holloway, another example. A fucking killer at featherweight. But he's a big guy who can fight. Very tall, yeah. Who can't fight a lightweight. And he did. And he fought lightweight against Dustin Poirier and lost. Yeah. Granted, I think if you give Max... If Max took the eight months it takes to, in a healthy manner, pack on the muscle to go up a weight class, I think he'll fucking crush it at lightweight. Yeah. But he doesn't have that natural muscle. He doesn't naturally have that muscle. Right now, he's just... He's bloated from off-season. Yeah. Then he cuts down for his weight class. You know, we can uh, let's so Connor same like we just we just touched based on Connor talking about Donald Cerrone. Um, same thing with Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone was hopping all over. I think he was lightweight and then he was also welterweight. I think he was fighting at welterweight at some point, mm. right? Because he went up. Yeah, because he went up and that's when he lost to Darren Till. Okay. You know, he looked okay at welterweight, but he. He looks, he's his natural, I think he's his best fighting is at lightweight. Mm-hmm. I think if he was bigger in the same weight class for welterweight, he'd be fine. I just think there's, the guys in welterweight are too big. Mm-hmm. You know, you look have fucking Darren Till, you have uh, uh, Tyron Woodley, you have Kamara Usman. Uh, th- these guys are fucking huge, right? Yeah. So it's not really the same. Um, I don't think there's. Anybody in middleweight that moves around too much, even though number three, Luke Rockhold, and number seven, Chris Weidman, are moving up to light heavyweight. They both announced they're going up really? weight class. Yeah. Okay. And remember I told you that Luke's looking juicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so he's thick. been training for that. Oh, he's thick. Yeah. Oh, he is fucking thick right now. So thick. And Chris Weidman, by the way, Chris Weidman said some wild shit about he's going to go up a weight class and give John Jones some problems. It's like, okay. all right, let's, all relax. Right. let's relax. Let's relax. Let's <laughs> relax. Um, of course, the UFC has uh, Alexander Gustafson uh, listed in rankings, even though he's fucking retired. But we touched base about the UFC website yeah. before. We don't need to go through that again. And then you have uh, you have Amanda Nunes, right? Amanda Nunes, who is uh, both the featherweight champion and the bantamweight champion. But Amanda Nunes is thick, and she looks big enough for both of those divisions, and yeah. she gets it done. You know? Yeah. So... So yeah, I I think there's there's some cases where it makes sense. Mm. It makes sense that they're champ champ because I feel like that's the I feel like Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes I think is fine at bantamweight. I think she would fit naturally at featherweight. I think Daniel Cormier fits naturally at heavyweight. I think Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman both fit naturally at light heavyweight. I think that Donald Cerrone naturally is fine at both lightweight and welterweight. I think Connor is naturally a lightweight. I think Max Holloway is best at featherweight. I think Henry Cejudo can do both fly and bantamweight normally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of guys that are just there's a lot of fighters that are just better in a weight class because right. their body likes that. But now, when it comes to titles, don't you think they should defend that title? For several fights, just yeah. to get, you several. know, get their body used to that weight for a little while. What do you mean? Well, because like I said, I mean, you know, these guys are getting, well, you know, some of them anyways, multiple titles. It's like as soon as they get the new one, all right, now I'm going to look to go up a class 
or go down in weight. Okay, or something. right, 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 right. Like how it's Henry, like, dude, Henry you, won it, and then he immediately was saying, "I'm going to bantam weight." It's like, dude, yeah, like relax, like yeah. s- you know, see if you're. Because to me, that's great. You won the title. Obviously, you're a top contender. But can you right. defend it against other monsters in that class? I, I does, so does that make you the world's greatest fighter? That puts you in the realm of certain people, though. Right. So by that, I mean, there's certain people that killed their division mm-hmm. to get to the be the champion and everybody be everybody around them is they be him. Yeah. So it's kind of just, well, like, what are you really going to do? Yeah. I mean, that's that's, you know, a good reason, though. Like, like Max you, you Holloway s- has fucked up a lot of people. Yeah. I think the only person Max Holloway has not fucked up is number six, Zabit Magomed Sharapov. He fucked up Moicano. He fucked up Edgar. He fucked up Aldo. He fucked up Ortega. He fucked up... Uh, oh, no. He hasn't fought Volkanovski yet. No, I'm wrong there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm pretty sure he fought uh, Renato Moicano. I'm pretty sure. But, like, that's an example, right? Like, Max Holloway's fucked up a lot of his division. He's cleaned up typically the top five. Let's talk about John Jones fucking up DC, fucking up Anthony Smith, fucking up Alexander Gustafson, fucking up... Uh, I think he fucked up uh, Ozdemir recently, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking destroyed Teixeira, you know, picked apart uh, Shogun, you know, Whitaker. Now, Whitaker is, uh, he's his own special little blend because he's been injured every year, so he doesn't really count. There, There's some, you're right, you're not wrong, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying there are some fighters that have been in situations where they crush their division. Yeah, if there's no competition, then that's a that's the reason, you know. But like, don't just win a title and then start talking about jumping a weight class or going down in one. You know, I just I think I feel like, and the, what kills me too is like, you know, Dana or whoever like approves it, and it's like, yeah, let's let's do it. True. You know. True. I I don't know. Now, not to not to Sorry, get. I'm going to walk away real quick just to grab some water. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, not to not not to like not not to switch this away from the TJ Dillashaw EPO conversation, which I still want to get like full like a full conclusion to. But I do want to talk about how you and I both trained together in martial arts. We've touched on this multiple times uh, in right. Aiki Jiu Jitsu, right? Yeah. Uh, basically judo. The thing is, I wanted to see what you thought about the fact that. The premise of martial arts, especially in traditional martial arts, is always the idea that you should be able to apply your technique to anybody of any size. Yes. But here we are having weight classes. And now I say that as somebody who was almost always one of the smallest, if not the smallest person training in class, Mm -hmm. but also somebody who's always had to fight somebody bigger and outside of my weight class. So, yes, I understand the whole traditional philosophy of your technique should be able to be performed on anybody of any size, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very traditional mindset. But we also had teachers who were very open and honest about this may just not work because they're too fucking big. Right. So you have to adjust your technique. Yeah. So let's make a fucking upside down situation here where instead of weight classes... It was just the wild fucking wild west. Mm-hmm. And it was just, we're going to have Henry Cejudo face off against Robert Whitaker. We're going to have John Early jo- UFC rules, man. <laughs> exactly. John Jones is stepping in the cage against Khabib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> just fucking crazy ass shit. Yeah. Just, we, this is the world of martial arts. And in the world of martial arts, there are no rules and there are no weight classes. See, but doesn't that sound interesting, though? It does, but at this yes, it does. But I wanted to get your opinion on how we have weight classes for this shit, mm-hmm. yet 
the the traditional mindset is essentially yeah. the kind that doesn't believe in in weight classes. Mm. Well, you know the difference between tradition and sport, though. Is this a sport? You need regulations you know, and rules, right? It's like boxing. You know, same thing. There's weight classes, and you know they try to keep an even playing ground. But I feel like true. But I feel like in boxing, if you had a this is a traditional martial art, and there's there's no weight classes. If you did something like that, you have a guy like Vasily Lomachenko facing off against fucking Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. I think they're. 50 pounds to 60 pounds difference. Mm-hmm. I think that's the weight difference. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Off well, the top you of my head. know, it's but funny you, you mentioned have, that. You, but you have two elite Canelo being a like pinnacle of, of boxing technique versus uh, the, the, the epitome of the future of boxing technique mm-hmm. with elite, with the best footwork of all time yeah. and, Vasily, and, and, head, and head movement with Vasily Lomachenko. Where his reputation is, guys quit on the stool because they can't touch him, mm-hmm. and they're just saying this is. There's no point of taking another four rounds, five, six rounds of just getting fucking punched and lit up. I w- we're just gonna stop. Yeah, save ourselves the damage. That would be really cool, but at the same time, there is that like you said that playing field of just. It's almost like if the heavier guy, if it was Khabib Nurmagomedov versus John fucking Jones, if John Jones wins, everybody's gonna say, well, of course. Look at the size of John Jones. Yeah. He's a fucking monster compared to Khabib, right? Yep. But now, in you know what? I brought this point up in an earlier episode. Heavyweight class. Okay. Literally, I, like, can you? Do you even know what the max weight is for heavyweight? Is there a max weight in the UFC? Yeah. Uh, because as far know. as I'm concerned, that is the only weight class where there could be. In in some cases, a fifty pound difference yes, between there fighters. Is. Oh, the there heavyweight is. division in MMA generally groups fighters between two hundred and six and two hundred sixty five pounds. There you go for heavyweight. <laughs> so there's a weight limit. A fifty nine pound. There's also a difference. super heavyweight, which is anything above two hundred and sixty five. Oh wait, so there's a there's a class that technically doesn't exist. Super heavyweight? It does, just not in UFC. Oh wait, oh I see. Okay, another. Uh, fighting organizations. Yeah, yeah, okay. but also like you don't see a lot of elite fighters above two hundred sixty-five pounds. If you're above two hundred sixty-five pounds, yes. two hundred sixty-five pounds, and you're able to go five fives in MMA, you're a freak of nature. You're I'm like just, a Gab- I want to see those fights. You're like though. Gabby Garcia. How much does Gabby Garcia weigh? Jesus Christ! See, because then I I think again early UFC days where there was that like sumo wrestler, you know, and it's like imagine seeing stuff like that again like oh. just these really big dudes against like someone you know that like six seven Ooh. just jacked uh do you know who gabby garcia is no, no. she's a uh she's like a, a high level uh bjj fighter but she's been an mma fighter okay but she's like big into weightlifting mm-hmm. she weighs 236 pounds holy shit yeah how tall is she um Jesus Christ. She looks like she looks like it. She she's six two. Um holy shit, she's fucking huge. This is her with uh Wanderlei Silva. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you never saw the video of her fighting the old grandma? No. No. <laughs> oh my god. 
that is uh th- that is that is pure internet that's pure japanese internet fucking video <laughs> shit that's exactly what it is and it's terrifying uh versus old lady yeah uh, some 49 year old lady uh it's it's fucking ridiculous i can't believe it happened um but yeah dude uh hey hey you know what i'll just you can see it from there right yeah yeah, yeah. here you go first off 49 and fighting professional well this okay. is japan so i mean yeah. japan is a little whatever anyways here you go oh my god <laughs> <laughs> What so yeah she's uh she's a she's a beast. Uh, I I'm so I'm, I'm in awe. Right I'm now. so happy you haven't you have never seen this before. Oh no! <laughs> Three rounds, five minutes, no kicks or knees to the head of a downed opponent. Oh, I'm sorry, you can of course. This is Ryzen. I'm sorry, and uh, elbows are not permitted, which makes no sense. You can kick a knee to the head of a downed opponent, but you can't throw elbows oh, to the head. Man, how do you think she? Oh. Well, let's start. You've never seen this. What I've do you seen... think she's thinking right now? I'm just uh, the grandma, the forty, <laughs> the forty-nine-year-old. I think she's thinking. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What would you think if you were if you were standing across from her <laughs> with that calm face? Just she's like, oh no. <laughs> here you go. Yeah, don't even go Look in at the, the height center. difference. Well, she's... Oh, okay, I don't know what that's. <laughs> what are you doing? see i would like feel really bad about trying to actually hurt this person if i was that's the equivalent of like hey you're gonna fight this uh 10 year old kid it's like watching yeah it's like a a bully at school just picking on someone younger oh Oh my god (laughs) that was a knee she flew back like three feet yep oh (laughs) Oh my god Oh. Oh. oh oh man call it off yeah (laughs) she's bleeding from the mouth like she needed a fucking mouth guard see her back look at those shoulders oh my god wow powerful yeah anyways Mm mm-hmm Oh, oh, you look disappointed. Are you shocked? The reason why there's not a lot of fighters in super heavyweight is because the technique is lacking. Yeah. And a lot of that. So it's hard to really have like a competitive division. When yeah. By the way, I was reacting to a woman that just had this look of disbelief and shame on her face. I wasn't talking to Matt. You could be talking to me. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Anyways. Weight classes. Mm-hmm. Back to the point. Yeah. What would you think of, like, what's your take on the fact that there has to be weight classes? Do you think that makes sense? Do you think it doesn't make sense? Well, for sport, it makes sense. Sure. But I mean, for in martial arts. Well, again, it's tradition. Martial, you know, they, okay, there's so, that old school. Okay. But okay, let me ask you this okay. then. If you were on the street right now getting mugged and you knew you had some techniques at your disposal. Right. And the guy was like a foot taller than you, just bulked up. I mean, you got to think of that situation as well. True. Oh no, I, I don't disagree. So there's with tradition, that. there's sport, but then there's real life. So I, I, right. I include a third option. Okay. I was gonna say, imagine a situation where it's 
that person. So what if that that lady, that forty nine year old lady that just went up against Gabby Garcia, mm-hmm. was an elite fucking Taekwondo fighter or an elite? She clearly wasn't a fighter at all. She was yeah. just some lady from the crowd, <laughs> or an elite BJJ practitioner or judo. So traditional judo. Let's go with judo. Okay, judo, right? Because that's the best. That's the only hope you have against somebody that big, right? Like, I'm going to throw <laughs> them with my leverage. <laughs> Do you think that fight would have been more entertaining or different in that case or no? Do you think in that case the the seesaw battle of power and size versus technique is just too far one-sided? Like what is your thought? Oh, it's I mean it's absolutely too far one-sided because I mean, well first off, there's clearly a, I mean forget the height difference and just the way they look. How about age? How right. old is Gabby Garcia? I don't know, fucking 20s 30s no i think she's in her mid 20s mid 20s and that's what she looks like i think so uh no i'm sorry she's 33 i I mean that's still young i mean 33 years old up against someone who's 49 yep well i mean i don't know how old they were in that video but none i mean nonetheless yeah holy shit (laughs) Yo, that is Shred City. That is the shreddest of cities. Damn. That was her with, like, normal shoulders. (laughs) And then her shoulders got quite a bit bigger. And then they got even bigger. Oh, my God. What is is that she's she's squatting? That is... 45, 25... Oh, two smart cars worth of weight. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um... Yeah. Anyways, Jesus. Enough Gabby Garcia talk. Because yeah. um, you know what? Here was my thing though. Um, now, do you think the fight could have went a little bit different? The Gabby Garcia if, fight. If yeah, if there was no age difference. I'm not saying she no. she would have lost. I'm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact she still would have won. But how do you think the fight would have gone I if they were age, still similar? In I, age? I don't think age played the biggest factor in that. Mm, I think. I it, mean, 49. I she should and she, she's like what five two. She could have been a 49 year old fucking. I'm trying to think of some elite fighter that 49 year old GSP. Yeah. Versus Gabby Garcia. Unfortunately, I'm still putting some money on Gabby Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That proves my point. You're right. Age is definitely a factor in it. But okay, l- okay. Let's be more realistic with the. I size. mean, it would have lasted longer than 15 seconds. Well, let's talk more about the size of that lady. Well, yeah. Like that was like watching Henry Cejudo face Gabby Garcia. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> yeah, there that's you what go. that was. Right. Yeah. Not even. Not even close. Because Henry Cejudo just, just not in. Henry Cejudo is an elite fighter, elite <laughs> athlete. That's yeah. not even. Yeah. No. 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 The age is a factor, but I don't think age is the primary factor in that case. I think it was just, here's Goliath, <laughs> and here's your slingshot. <laughs> Go get him, Tiger. And that's what that was. And just bad aim. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Ex- bad, exactly. It was bad aim. Yeah. I think if you put it in the sharpshooter's hand, mm-hmm. you have a shot. You have a shot. I actually think a 49-year-old Henry Cejudo versus a 33-year-old Gabby Garcia would be a very entertaining fight. <laughs> Okay, I think it'd be. I think you see a lot of in and out movement, a lot of a lot of side, mm-hmm. a lot of sidestepping. I don't think Henry could really get takedowns on her too mm-hmm. big, mm-hmm. Um, which would be really interesting to see somebody fully negate Henry Cejudo's takedown threat. Yeah, but 
Well, I was just trying to think, too, like, what the hell that technique was of bouncing off the ropes on every side. Because it didn't work. Whatever was, that was. I think she was trying to run and kite like a dragon. Like, <laughs> like kite. The, trying to get philosophical. Well, no, kite. Like, you know when you kite somebody, like, in a, in a game? Uh-huh. And you have them chase you? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kiting. Okay. Like, I'm kiting this person around to me to tire them out. And create an opening. Maybe if I bounce off the ropes and run in a circle, she'll never catch me, which lasted three seconds. <laughs> then a third bounce gap, you was like, enough of this. Just, <laughs> enough running. Yeah. Eat my uh, fist and just stepped and just punched her. Not even. She grabbed her like she was a big sister about to give a noogie. Yeah. And then just like picked her up and like threw her against the ropes. <laughs> they started punching her and then threw that knee that just threw her all the way back. <laughs> I've never seen a knee make anyone fly like that. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of uh, like an Iron Man fight scene when Iron Man's fighting in the suit <laughs> yeah. and he's landing all of his like <laughs> like mechanically enhanced moves like shooting with the hands, <laughs> blasting off the ropes, coming back right into like a flying knee from the suit and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I think... Uh, I think if you want to talk about the ability of a martial artist, I think no weight classes is the way to do it. Mm. Fighting in a sport's different, but I think there's a reason why not a lot of fighters in the UFC are called martial artists. They're called fighters. Here's a question. What's that? No weight class, but do they still stick by the rules? What do you mean? Or, or like no do, eye pokes, no groin, no hair pull, no 12-6 elbows. Well, let's just say no biting, no eye poking. Everything else is fine? Everything else is fine. Or are, do you do no weight class, but stick with the current rules? Because then, obviously, the the bigger person has the advantage. That kind of gives the bigger person the advantage. I would take but that if away. But if you literally go back to, like, UFC 94... Not, 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 I mean, 1994, excuse me, okay. early, earlier UFC. Yeah, like no, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like early day UFC where there was like maybe one or two rules, just like no biting, no eye pokes. I would say biting is allowed. Hmm. Okay. I want to, I kind of even want to say eye pokes because here's the funny thing. I know, and this is actually a big Joe Rogan thing that bugs me. Even though I'm a fan of Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. he always makes fun of self defense arts that have eye pokes and being like, "Oh, like eye pokes, blah 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 blah," like like as if that's going to help save you. And then he bitches and moans about eye pokes in MMA about how they ruin fights because it stops the fight and it's it's a re- it, it's it's an injury you can't recover from and all this <laughs> other shit. And it's like, dude, make up your mind. Either eye pokes are effective or they're not fucking effective. And the truth of the matter yeah. is, guess what? They're super fucking effective. Absolutely. Like that was the thing we had when we were doing some BJJ. Remember, I was saying, I don't want to sit here and guard. I can just threaten you with like trying to grab your eyes yeah. and hit your eyes. And that's going to give me an opening. Yep. Instead of just sitting here staring at you, just, oh, I better get my knee over. It's like, yeah. well, no, I could I could fly up your guard if I just do this and you immediately release your hands. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 100%. So, no, I think I kind of, I, that's why, I, yes, it's a strength of, it's a tool that I have that I like to use is going for the eyes. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, yeah, go. For, I think eye poke should be allowed. Okay. In a way. I think 
I just I, feel I think like if you if you're calling it martial arts, it's no holds barred. But now, okay, there's no it, weapons. If that's allowed, I mean, how many people are going to be going for the eyes at that point? Everybody, Proves my point. Everybody. You'll see an evolution of martial that's arts. Why I, that's why I'm like trying to keep it somewhat limited. Just no eye pokes, no biting. But you'll least. see evolution of martial arts if you have that. Right. Because martial arts will have to adapt to that being a defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. But you're right. A lot of it's going to be turned into who can poke each other in the eye first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just you're gonna see a lot of that, yeah. See a lot of mantis poses and kung fu there, yeah. You're yeah. gonna see a lot of that. But I think if you want to see martial arts effectiveness, mm. go for it. Yeah. And you have to wear street, you have to wear street clothes. Agree. I'll I'll agree. You have to wear yeah. this. You have to wear the clothes of the season you fight in. You're fighting in Arizona, shirts and a t-shirt. You're fighting. I like that. Winter time, heavy yep. coat. Yep. You're fighting in New York. I like you're, that. You're wearing a jacket. Like yep. that. That's it. Like get in there and you're fighting. There's a ref to make sure you don't die. That's pretty much it. No weapons. Go for it. Fuck. That's really interesting, actually. Right? I like that. I like right? that. <sighs> well, how about this then? What if um, instead of like a cage, they fight on like certain terrain too? Like, if they're going to fight in New York, there's got to be, like, gravel. Not, uh, like, pavement or something. Well, that's killing or, somebody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <That's, laughs> or they're, they're fighting in Hawaii, like, the U, the octagon's filled with sand. That's... No. That, now, that, now the footwork's going to be off, and he gives them a challenge. Right. I was oh, th- shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was thinking that, but, like, oh, yeah, also, um, you have to wear shoes. Or it takes place on a beach, rather. They just put the cage part up. But then the rest of the... You know what I mean? The sand is... this. Uh, I, I don't hate it. <laughs> the only thing I don't like is that you have concrete, which will kill people. If you get judo thrown to land on your fucking head on concrete, you're you're possibly brain dead. Hey, you're... Listen. 101 in fucking jujitsu. <laughs> what do you learn? How to break your fall. <laughs> so there's no Ukemi? fucking excuse. It's all about fucking Ukemi? Yeah, there's no <laughs> excuse. <laughs> I... Uh... <sighs> No, yeah, I don't think I don't think you can really do the environment thing. It makes yeah. it you're not wrong, but I think um I would increase the size of the cage by maybe six inches. Mm-hmm. Like over just a little bit, six inches. And um I don't know if I would do the cage as much as I would want to do like plexiglass. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Or if there's the cage, allow cage grabs. Oh, yeah, because that's a thing, huh? That's, yeah, there's that's no right. cage grabbing. Allow cage grabs. Mm. Either get rid of the cage, put in plexiglass, so you can just, if you're, like, in a clinch, you can bash their head <laughs> against the fucking oh, glass. Oh, shit, fight dirty, okay. Fight dirty, that's fuck, That's the shit we fucking did. Yeah. How many times have it has, was it, like, why are you going for a choke? Oh, Take their head and slam it against the mat until they yeah. let go. And yeah. it was like, okay, so we'll just kill somebody, but okay. <laughs> Remember that shit? Yeah. I think it was against Jay we had to do that shit. Because Jay wouldn't let go. And Sensei was like, just bash his head on the ground. It's like, <laughs> do it. It's like, but that's yeah. not going to do anything. He's like, on a mat it won't. But if you if you remember to do this out on the street, you'll definitely get somebody to let go. Yeah. Or scratch, or like, like you know, take their head and try to just like scrape skin off of it mm-hmm. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of fighting for position and fucking like mount. Yeah. It's like, why are you wasting time? There's, you're, assume you're on concrete. Like, like, try to scrape the skin off their, mm. their skull. Yeah. Just do that. It's like, oh, okay. 
Like that's the thing you're doing. Like, why am I clinching and you're bouncing off the cage? No more bouncy bounce, motherfucker. You're going into a plexiglass and you're coming. It's hard, and you're just gonna be posted up for me right fucking there. No leaning on the ropes. No rope and dope in ah, here. Some gladiator shit, man. Right? Throw them into the plexiglass. <laughs> like a fucking suplex throw. Like <laughs> just bam, and they slide down like a fucking video game. Can you imagine the the crowd as like you're angling for a takedown and then you flip them reverse and you fucking throw them right into the plexiglass? Wow! Oh man, would that be sick? Can we start an organization? Yeah, right. Uh, we're copywriting all this shit, dude. All I just thought shit. of another terrain real quick before we change the subject. Do you remember waterbeds? Uh, yeah. That as flooring, it would break. Well, I mean, you get a thicker material, something a little bit more durable. So okay, so we have the regular just cage, just the regular mats, right? But then there's sand terrain, and then waterbed, <laughs> just a huge waterbed. There's gonna be broken ankles just, everywhere. People are gonna just have their fucking, they're gonna be wobbling around and just fucking. Uh, they better start conditioning, doing some yoga, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> call yourself an ultimate fighter. True, like, right? Yeah, and this don't forget this is all in, this is all in street clothes. Yeah. Uh, how about snow? <laughs> oh my god but okay here's here's the thing they have to fight on snow we'll have to cut like a minute off of each round because we're not cruel you, you know to, you have to do like maybe only two inches of snow yeah all you right can, that's you can't do enough. like a foot because then you're just like sloughing around yeah you can't do that okay all right, all right I, I, th- I think we got this yeah we'll, we'll plan more later all right enough of the fantasy <laughs> shit uh to wrap up the epo stuff with tj um i was sad to hear that he couldn't make it. Because the biggest part about TJ's story was I can make one I can make 125 easy. I with my coach Cal Calvita or Sam Calvita, mm-hmm. I can crush this fucking weight cut. Yeah. I will be as strong and as fast as I am now at one uh, 135. And I'm gonna fuck up the 125 division. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fucking monster. And we're all like yeah, you are a monster and you're a, a great fighter and you're probably going to fucking go down and wreck hell. Mm-hmm. And then he goes down. He gets fucking smashed. Smished. He gets yeah. smished. 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 He gets smished. And I was so ups- I was so, I was so disappointed. I wanted a big fight because I love watching TJ's fight. I love watching him, his style. Yep. I knew it was like his fourth or fifth fight. And he always loses every fourth or fifth fight. So it's just, eh, I'm not mm. feeling it. And I remember watching some high quality pictures from some... Uh, so ESPN did this really cool thing that I saw. I think it was on ESPN Plus where they did behind the scene content and they followed him through his weight cut. And I remember, yeah, there was an article on ESPN.com and I remember seeing it and thinking, he looks horrible. Huh. There's no way he feels good. There's there's no physical way he, he can feel good. He yeah, looks yeah, yeah. so bad. He looks literally on death's door. And he, and he was saying, I feel great. I feel fine. I'm moving. I'm grooving. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's get this. And it's just, holy shit. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. I, I Something was off. I, I Something was off in the sense that there was no way that he could have been that good when he looked like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, just, I just didn't see it happening. And unfortunately, you know, that's what happened. And it kind of sucks. But... I mean, I, I'm glad he came out and pulled at Chael Sonnen. Mm-hmm. Chael Sonnen came out. When Chael Sonnen was popped, we always joke about it. That's when he turned into Uncle Chael. 
to me, right? Where it was like, oh, oh, chael, like, oh, that's so, that's just, oh, chael, just yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. because he owned it. Yeah, he, he didn't fluff it. He yeah. didn't lie. He was a fucking one hundred percent honest. I stand by my, I stand by my actions. They were mistakes mm-hmm. type of character, and he got he he gained respect. Yeah. He somehow gained. He somehow gained respect and gained fans for cheating mm-hmm. just because of the way he handled it. And he became the gold standard of how you handle shit, of, of how you handle getting caught for PEDs. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Conor McGregor set the gold standard for losing. Yeah. When he first lost in ADS, mm-hmm. he said, "You know, he was the better man that night. You win or you learn. You know, props to him. I want to come back and, and avenge this. But it's his night. He did it. You know, that was." That was exactly how a big star should handle that kind of loss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean... This EPO thing is going to haunt TJ for a long time. Oh, of course. You know? Like, it's going to haunt him in a long time, not in the sense of just it's always an asterisk on his record. It's going to haunt him a long time in the sense that we will always have to deal with the fact that he got popped for cheating. Kind of like John Jones. Granted, John Jones does some horrible human shit outside mm-hmm. of the ring, which is why it's easy to just vilify him. Surprise. But TJ Dillashaw isn't that guy. So to have to vilify this guy for this one thing is hard because he is enjoyable. You know, he mm-hmm. is a he he's a, he at, at face value is a nice guy to people. Mm-hmm. I even though I've heard he's a demon to train with because he just wants to fuck everybody up. Yeah, but. You have this guy who is just, hey, man, we root for you. Like, we all are excited to watch you fight, and we and we want you to, to take it. Mm-hmm. And then you take it, but you take it with EPO, and it's just, ah, oh, fuck, man. Right. You know? It's yeah. like... It's not like a pissed off feeling, right? It's, it's, just, it's, it's just disappointed. It's like you found out that you... Or no, you found out like your best friend found the love of his life. And they're getting married, and they're the happiest you've ever seen, and they're perfect together. But you, he got that by cheating on his current wife slash girlfriend. Mm. And it's that same thing where it's just, I'm so happy for you, but <laughs> why this way? Yeah, just, just yeah. did it have to be this way? <clears throat> uh, you know? It, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You know? You know what? I give him credit for. Although it did take him this long to 100% admit it. Right. He did admit it to an extent. You know, he didn't try to hide the... I mean, well, he did kind of hide the real truth. But, I mean, right. he didn't, you know, not John Jones it. Let's just put it that way. Um right. And the fact of the matter, it's like... if If the drug test didn't catch this for some miracle you know some some strange reason do you think he could live with that and just continue and like if he never got caught he won yeah or or he lost if to, he, let's say let's say he did win let's say he won against let's Henry say he was healthy enough and just won yeah do you think his ego would get in the way no and so no I, I don't because here's the thing about being a professional fighter that it's very easy to see across the board. They all have to have an ego. 
Mm-hmm. They all have to have some type of self-confidence because you're about to go and put your body at risk in a game of of war. Yeah. Right? And it's just you can't be, oh, you know, yeah, he's fast. He's He does have better punching technique. He has way better boxing from his footwork. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, I have to rely on, uh, on different skills because I can't compete there. Yeah. You don't – how often do you hear guys say that? Right. You don't. I'm going to go in there and fucking smash him. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to fucking put him to sleep. I'm going to choke her out. I'm going to end her reign. I'm I'm the ch- I'm going to be the champ. I'm the new champ. You're looking at the new champ right here at, at 135. I'm the champ. I'm like, I dominate 170. This is my realm. Like, blah, 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 blah. I think people have, I think fighters have to have that mentality. Yeah. They have to have that ego. They have to have that image to push themselves to be that image. Mm-hmm. They have to... Like, you, the only time you hear honesty is in defeat. True. Or not even in defeat, even after the fight. Like, how many times have we watched GSP openly admit after fights just, yeah, he punches really well. He's got a great jab. You know, I couldn't really counter the jab, so I had to keep it Whether he wins or loses. Down. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, per- I'm, he's a perfect example of yeah. a guy who always did that. There, there's, there are, there's a lot of fighters that are very open and honest after a fight just... Yeah, you know, we came into camp wanting to to nullify their uh, their nullify his kicks. You know, he's such a creative kicker and he's so fast with them. So it's a matter of trying to time it when he came in. Um, that's why we we tried to keep it on the ground a lot. But uh, thankfully, I was able to catch him just with that flurry when I was trying to circle out, and mm-hmm. you know, it fell. He fell back, and I just poured it on and just tried to end it because I didn't want to keep going back and forth at this exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was catching me. The light kicks were chewing me up. I think my right knee's busted. You know, that's the you don't hear that shit beforehand. Yeah, no. They never say, yeah, I'm kind of worried about his leg kicks. You know, like he's got those killer kicks and they're so hard to check. And even if you do check them, they can still take you don't you want to look off weak. The line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need to say, I'm I'm gonna kill your division. Yep. Blah. Yeah. Right. Speaking of, I found the article on ESPN.com. For those wondering, it's uh, called TJ Dillashaw Makes Biggest Weight Cut of Career. Oh, yeah. Let me cut, see that picture again. I'm cut sorry. And dried out. Holy shit. Right? Wow. That's him coming out of the sauna, clearly. That's him training, looking somewhat normal. That's him beginning to look pretty cut. Looking pretty yeah. cut. That's him training at his own gym. That's him at the, the garage. He's a... Uh, Training there, training, training, training. Let's see the weight cut. Let's start seeing some weight cuts here. Working out in the gym. Oh, yeah. You can see how. What the hell? Look at how dried out he's looking. Right. Look at all the pills he has to take. (sighs) Because he couldn't get the, he couldn't get all those supplements easily from uh, food. (laughs) Right. So he's got to get from somewhere. He's juicing all this shit. Broccoli, ginger, kale, uh, collard greens, leeks. That's him kind of now in the sauna. That's him in wow, the fucking sauna. It's like sauna. looking at someone completely different. Yeah. Does that even look like him? No. Wow. It's because he's got no hydration in his on his face. See, and then you have to ask yourself. It's like, Look well, at him there. Yeah, it's like, did he take this... Honestly, because of the medical condition or as a fight advantage to actually go out there and cheat. Like, I get he took it because he was feeling a certain way medically. Okay, but you got to this is a professional fight. I think he took it because it doesn't make sense for him to go up to featherweight. Yeah. 
Could he probably float around into featherweight range? Probably. Does it make sense for him with his size? No. Right. He's like, what, a little bigger than me? Mm-hmm. He fights him where I weigh right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's he's not that big. And you want to go up against fucking Max Holloway, who walks around at like 170? Yeah. Fucking kidding me? But Max is also like, what, 5'9"? Five, 5'10"? Five, Somewhere around there? Uh, for his height? Yeah. Uh, I know he's taller. I don't know what his normal weight is. It's not letting me select because... Uh, yeah. Because the website's garbage. As you and I both know. But okay, perfect example. Let's look up Connor. Connor fought in two weight classes. Right? Let's see if this is going to give me any of his fucking... All right, he is uh, 155. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, they're, no, they're not going to tell you the weight that they walk around at. Yeah, we know he fights at 155. They're not going to tell you the weight that he uh, walks around at. Mm. Um, but yeah, but Holloway openly said he weighs like 170. That's why he knows he can make the higher weight classes. Because mm-hmm. that's him not even like trying to train and, yeah. get, and get into shape. And he's just saying like, yeah, man, I can totally make it. Right? So... It's a shitty situation. It's a it's a sh- it it sucks. This isn't the first time we talked about TJ popping hot, but this is the first time now that we've had TJ come out and openly say why he did it, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. And it makes sense why he went down because that's the only way he could go. He, he can't go up. Yeah, you know. So he went down, which was the smarter thing to do. But I think he was overconfident that he could make it. I don't think he realized how much he'd have to lose muscle mass wise. Right. And it's just like, dude, it's, I bet you if TJ could redo the past, he would stay in his weight division. Yeah. And he wouldn't even move down. No. Well, hopefully, you know, other fighters look at this and, you know, and learn and learn what they're actually doing. Cause again, I, I mean, never mind people jumping around just for you know a shot at fame or whatever but then it's like also your health right you know yeah it's your long-term health 100 percent. but that's why i was saying you know not only you know stay several fights to defend your title but it's also to get your body used to that weight before you start jumping to another weight again right and putting your body through the training camp and all that shit yeah you know yeah no i i trust me i'm 100 there and i 100 get it i'm with you on it um what did you think did you watch uh cerrone and ferguson ferguson uh shevchenko and uh, jessica i um what the fuck by the way um Yo, I feel like nobody knows she's a demon. And I said it at work as a joke, like at, like coming in on Monday. Uh-huh. And I was like, yo, did you see Shevchenko take Jessica's soul? Everybody was laughing. And I was like, dude, on my podcast, we legit call her a demon who takes girl souls. And nobody, for some reason, has picked up on that. Have you been watching Valentina's career? She's a fucking demon. Like, she's a straight up demon. Oh, man. That was... That was rough. Her her strength is just insane, but yeah, man, her fucking accuracy, her technique. That oh my god, her technique is pure 
martial artist training in a dojo with a fucking sensei yeah. going over and over your fucking katas. I mean, that's just, what that is. <laughs> just gone. I thought she died. I thought Jessica, Jessica I was just that. dead. Dude, they wouldn't even, I don't know if you watch it, they wouldn't even show, like, so like, wham, shin bone to the face bone, Jessica goes down, and the camera pans to Jessica out, mm-hmm. and then goes back to Valentina, and doesn't go back to Jessica for like five minutes. <laughs> And Joe Rogan's like, oh my god, her legs are twitching. Yeah. I hope she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, his commentary was the best. I hope she's okay. The crowd's her getting leg quiet. Is twi- yeah. Oh so, no. Oh my god, is she dying right now? <laughs> oh no, I hope she's alright. Yeah, that was that was brutal. I mean, that was amazing, but yeah. And didn't we call that? Yeah. Didn't we call it? We yeah. called that. <laughs> you you have a elite technique elite technique fighter, an elite technique counterfighter. Fighting a brawler who comes in in a straight line. Yeah. Somebody who's... Remember we said it. All Jessica has is a knockout fucking overhand. Yeah. Chance. And I'll tell you what, too. um, Shevchenko, like, she doesn't just go in there and start swinging. Like, she really takes her time, and she's very patient. She waits. Yeah. Well, remember, I sent you that article about the guy... She waits, and then she strikes. Remember that guy... I sent you the article of the guy who's complaining about her? Yeah. She's so boring. Oh, her fights are so boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Her fights are beautiful. Yeah. I get it. That's like saying Floyd Mayweather fights are boring. It's like, ah, there's not a lot of knockouts, but it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful watching that technique. Fucking Philly stepping back and shit, and just like, whoop, 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 pop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. Just amazing. Some punch out shit, yeah. Um, I think Tatiana Suarez would have lost if it went two more rounds. Nina mm-hmm. Ansaroff was coming back uh, and figured out Tatiana. And was starting to stuff her takedowns. Yes, I know Tatiana Suarez had some injuries. That's why it slowed her down. Regardless, I think Nina Ansaroff was right there to beat her. But let's talk about you know the the two fights that are really the of course the the big big money show. Mm-hmm. Henry Cejudo beating Marlon Marias and Tony Ferguson versus Donald Cerrone. I thought that fight was better, Ferguson and Cerrone. Um, why? Well, first off, you have two fucking incredible bjj experts going at it which they didn't even use that style because they they fucking know better i know so it just turned into a brawling match um but you know first off ferguson looked fucking great uh for this being like a comeback fight um i don't like the way it ended i mean it Shit happens, you know. You, Doctor stoppage, late hit. After yeah, the battle, I mean that, that was disappointing. I think Ferguson would have won though. Cerrone, in my opinion, was starting to slow down a bit, and Ferguson kept up with his pace. Now, here's the thing that I'm going to say in, in Cowboy's defense: he took this fight on like three weeks' notice. Yeah, I feel like the <laughs> dude fought like four times within the last what, yeah. se- like few it's months. He, is it, it's because he fought like three. Weeks He's ago. a beast. Yeah. Imagine Cowboy healthy with a full fully camp. rested too with and a full, full camp. camp and yeah yeah that that would be just better. saying I just saying I hope well actually I, th- I I hate fights like this where shit like this fucking happens yeah I hated the fact that Chad Mendes took the Conor McGregor fight Chad Mendes on like what three weeks notice taking a fucking title fight that pissed me off because Chad Mendes in peak camp form I think. L- Hulk smashes Conor McGregor for mm. five rounds. Mm. That's what I think. I think Donald Cerrone with a full camp puts on a different show. And even on a three-week fight camp, Donald Cerrone, 
literally drinking beers on the beach. He comes back and he's able to keep Tony Ferguson at bay. Yeah. And adjust. And for a guy who's always crumbled under people applying a lot of offensive pressure, Cowboy fucking was right in the pocket and hanging with him up until I think the uh, like end of the second. Yeah. Second half of the second round was when Tony picked up the pace. And I think Cowboy, you're right. If this Cowboy on three weeks fight camp probably would have crumbled in the pressure on the third. Yeah. I think Cowboy with the full fight camp might have been very different. Agree. In the sense of his tank and his ability to to keep going. But the damage was just too much. Yeah. That's that's the thing that was funny. Be, be, well, not funny. But that's the thing that was... That's something worth keeping in, in mind here. Cowboy was physically just beat up. Yeah. Just from injury. But he was ready and willing to go. He was mm-hmm. like, no, no, let's go. Let's go. Like, let's fucking do this. Um, I mean, the call obviously was necessary. That I was just... You know, way too fucked up. I mean, he couldn't. Even, you can't even open it. He was trying to force it open and couldn't. Yeah. You know, I get it. I was just disappointed. Like, man, this huge fight, and that's how it ends. Yeah, that you was know? that was really upsetting. In so, that sense. and unfortunately, there's not going to be like a rematch situation. At, well, not soon, anyways. Right. No. So, I mean, people are saying with this loss, Cowboy is now no longer getting a title shot soon. That's disappointing, man. Right. He was on such a and that's what awesome we're, That's what we too. were talking about before this fight. God, it was just, I don't want to see Cowboy lose his title And shot. just his story, too. It's like, you know, he's got his son now. And it's it's about, you know, he's doing this for his kid. It's like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, you know, like this, pro- oh, man. It was I, just- I think Cowboy, if I'm the UFC, I take Cowboy and I say, I want you to not fight until the top of the division gets figured out. And then we want you right back in the hunt. I think he deserves That's what it. I say. I Not only that for deserving it. it, I think, Cowboy, you fight too much. We want you to go to the UFC PI. We want you to get some recovery stuff done for about a month. Then take some time off doing promo media shit. Mm. We want you to fly around, do some videos, and do some shoots and interviews for the UFC. We want you to rest up and wait your fucking turn. Because we know you'll fight. Once we get Tony, Dustin, Khabib... Connor, whoever else, all that shit figured out, you're coming in mm. and you're cleaning up the mess. We want you ready for it. Yeah. That's what that's what I would do for a company man like Cowboy. That's what the fuck I do. Yeah. If yeah. I'm in charge of anything, and I hope somehow this episode gets to somebody at the UFC, aka Dana White or somebody who can make the fucking make that happen. Cause I think that's the right thing to do at that point. I think so. You know what I mean? Um God, before uh, Sorry, I just I, I just can't get out of my head the Jessica I finish. It's just because we called it. We called it. I think I'm, we I think we said exactly. I think we said it to the T. We said Valentina's gonna counter strike her. Jessica needs to not go in a straight line, but all she has is that knockout brawler's chance yeah. of coming in, hitting her in a flurry, or going for a takedown and trying to keep it on the ground. That's all she has. She cannot get caught with by Valentina straight line attacks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I, I saw that finish, after I think an hour, when it fi- the thought just finally started leaving my head, I was thinking to myself, like, damn, when was the last time we saw a fighter almost end end somebody like that uh like sleepy sleep like that like 
end somebody. It's been a while. Exi- yeah. It's uh, I mean, there's been some undercard fights where some dudes get fucking flatlined. Yeah. That's happened. But it was the setup that really made it because it was almost like you saw it coming. I'm sorry, not straight attack. Valentina hit her with a, with a round kicks. Valentina went to the body twice. Uh, body kick, body kick. Then went head. And you saw in slow-mo, Jessica dropped this hand to cover the body. And that's when Shinbone met... Yep, peekaboo. Yeah. Yep, met headbone. Oh, man. That was just... That was brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. Um, but you know what I do like? Not not to say I like the fact that Jessica got knocked out. I like the fact that women are beginning to get more more responses from the audience for shit like that. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but knockouts used to be a rare thing for women. And now it's becoming more and more common. Yeah. Now, do you think that has anything to do with the women? Or just the, the fires we're now seeing? Meaning like... Do you think people were just hesitant? What do you mean? In the beginning, like when the women's division first came out. Because you're right, like you didn't really see knockouts like that. You mean people were hesitant to watch them or people were hesitant to train them? Like, what do you mean? To train, yeah. I think I've always always loved watching women's MMA because it's so new. Mm -hmm. So you usually don't have a lot of girls that are fighting that have been that have been fighting for a long time like you have with guys Mm -hmm. you know and the refinement of technique is so it it leaps and bounds for these girls every fight yeah like you watch one girl one fight the next fight she looks so much more improved in so many things it's so fun to watch the growth and evolution of women's mma that's why i'm a big fan i think that there's so much evolution and change in women's mma compared to guys mma is pretty stagnant it's pretty cut and dry. It Nothing's really it changing. Yeah. Oh, they're a ground and pound. Oh, they're a brawler. Oh, they're a boxer. Oh, they're a jujitsu guy. And that's it. Yeah. You don't see a huge change from people that much. Mm. Besides, that's why Henry Cejudo is has, is on such a fast rise. He went from being just the standard boxing wrestler to being like a sideways dancing karate fighter to now becoming a full complete MMA. Perfect example. Mighty Mouse versus Henry Cejudo. First fight. Henry Cejudo like loses by TKO on the cage from taking knees to the ribs. Yeah, yeah. Second fight, fucking beats him in a five round war. That's a crazy change of, of ability. Yeah, that's a crazy evolution. Imagine if all the guys were jumping like that, or not. Okay, that's actually a huge feat. That's not very common. Yeah. Imagine that you saw just these evolutions, though, right? Like Rose Namajunas taking like lump jumps and leaps each time. Paige Van Zant switching up her game from. Uh, from being a wrestler to being a kicker, right? Like, mm-hmm. like seeing these changes, seeing, um, seeing Valentina go from just usually, I, yes, yeah, she's always been kind of a counterfighter. She's always taken her time, but I felt like she was way more aggressive earlier on in her MMA mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. and now she's fully settled into her. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait and set up, and then I'm taking you out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And you saw that on full display against uh, Joanna. Mm-hmm where they fought and you saw the perfect I'm going to handle your offensive pressure and you saw just high just high level technique it was so awesome you know what i mean like Betch Correa fought recently down in Brazil and and i was watching Betch and she hasn't really changed her style too much 
she's a brawler. She wants to get in there. She wants to throw. She wants to do damage. And that's pretty much her style. Yeah. The peak of her career, I think, was when she fought uh, Ronda Rousey. And Ronda Rousey knocked her out. Mm-hmm. Right? We didn't really see much change with, with Betch in this, in this respect. Yeah. But Betch is the anomaly. And she's not the standard. You know, I feel like the majority of women in women's MMA, especially in the UFC, they're, they're still evolving, which is so much more fun to yeah. see. Yeah. You know? I think, before I mention something about Henry and, and Marlon, I think Tony is ready for whatever top-level shit gets thrown his way. And I think he... I, I personally think he's getting the title shot against whoever wins. Khabib versus Dustin. I think he gets the winner. Do you think so or no? I agree. Because he's been dicked around a lot, so I feel like it's totally possible he doesn't. But I don't know who else would be in that conversation. Yeah. Right? That's 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 going to be exciting. Um, Henry Zahudo versus Marlon Marias. The thing I liked the most about this fight was you saw something that we I always complain about. I know you don't really... Stay active on Twitter, but if you ever followed my, for those who are wondering, my my Twitter handle is Fight Matt MMA, mm-hmm. and if you follow it on fight fight nights that I watch on Saturdays, I love to just be giving my opinion on the fight. And one of my biggest gripes that I always bitch about is just, I'll, I'll even say it: Does this guy just like getting kicked in the leg and then punched in the face? Because he's <laughs> it's been happening for three rounds now, and his yeah. corner is not adjusting anything to that. Yeah. Or when they you when you get to hear what's mic'd up in the corner in between rounds. You hear that fucking Raquel Pennington bullshit. Just like, we can sleep later. We just got to get through five minutes. Let's just push through. We got this. It's just yeah. like, that's, that's, not, that's not coaching. Yeah. Uh, that's pep talking. That's what friends do. You're not coaching. You need to be telling them technique changes. Like, you need to change your plan of attack. You need, yeah. to, you need to be mentioning, like, details of how to. Like, that's why I loved the GSP versus Michael Bisping fight. Because mm. that was, I, that's still, I think, maybe the pin, one of the pinnacles of coaching you I've heard mm. in between rounds. When it's a fucking killer, it, it's like, I can't think of a more all-star group than that. Yeah. Freddie Roach, Farasa Hobby, and John Danaher giving you fucking adjustments in between rounds. Yeah. It's just, and like firing off, it's like, Freddie, go ahead. And Freddie's like, okay, look, we're breaking down boxing right now. This is what he's doing. This is what he's trying. You got to counter by doing this. That's going to get you on the inside. Hit him with the 2-3. Exit out by understepping left. And then you'll be back in position for him to counter. Yep. And you can wait and see. It's like, okay, John, go. It's like, okay, when we get to the ground, let's get there. Like, like <laughs> just, you have this perfect breakdown of technique from the elite. Like, that's if that's not the apex of a fight situation, GSP, Faraz Zahabi, <laughs> Freddie Roach, and John Danaher, I don't know what else you, I don't know who else you could put together to beat that fucking, I would, f- I would be so intimidated just knowing that's in my opponent's corner. Mm-hmm. It's like, who are you facing? You're facing, you know, yada, yada, fuckity fuck. It's like, all right, fine, whatever. Uh, Who's in his corner, though? Where's he training at? Oh, he's training at TriStar with Faraz Zahabi, with Freddie Roach as his striking coach, and uh, John Danaher from the Danaher Death Squad teaching his his uh, jiu-jitsu game. It's like, Jesus Christ, I think I'm going to lose. It's like, no, 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 you got this. You're you're the champion. He's the, he's the contender. It's like, no, did you hear what you just said? I'm not just fighting him. I'm fighting the brains of Faraz Zahabi, John Danaher, and Freddie Roach. Yeah. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yep. You think I have a chance? Jesus Christ. Like, where am I, How am I? You can't outcoach them. What the fuck are we going to do here? 
Although, granted, in Bisping's and in, in reality, in the actual non-comical sense, uh, I, what is his name? Uh, Perillo, uh, Jason Perillo, is a Bisping striking coach, and he's a mastermind striker as well. And that was a really cool to watch them go back and forth. But still, you give me any 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 like standard. Imagine coming from you know like attack MMA gym from Jersey Shore, like fighting out of the red <laughs> corner, and then the other corner, it's John Danaher fucking Frasa Hoppy. And it's like, dude, I don't have a chance. Think I'm going to somehow out, we're going to outwit Freddie Roach here on the yeah. feet and try to do something? Or we're going to like outsmart Danaher on the ground? Or we're going to have some kind of game plan that Hoppy isn't prepared for? It's just a game of chess, man. You're going up against three bobby fishers you know yeah just and remember how many times we've listened to gsp's corner when it's just him and for us and for us is so calm okay george george okay here we go you ready relax you're good breathe all right listen to me this is all we have to do he's coming in like this <laughs> like all you have to do when he comes in because he's he, he keeps relying on that right hand side so we're gonna keep that on the outside and scoop in once we faint all right faint he commits on the right come right over the top yeah all right once he picks that up, we're going to then shoot, take him to the ground, and we'll just work from top. We got this. All right? You ready? You want some water? Okay. All right. Go get it. Like, like that's, Remember, th- those were the rounds. That, yeah. That's, that's fucking... Jesus, that's a terrifying thing to go up against. <sighs> right? That's a terrifying thing to go it's up against. It's almost inhuman. Yeah. It's just... Oh, my God. Anyways, that is such the, the minority in MMA. Mm-hmm. That's such the minority. You have you have corners that know how to adjust and how to like correct and change and alter and fighters who are so embedded in their habits, their habitual techniques they've been drilling that they don't know how to change it. And then you here you have Henry Cejudo who gets his ass thrown all over the ring in the first round, getting the shit kicked out of him. Like literally, I think he took a lot of leg kicks in that first round. And then it turned into the the other the next round and it was adjustment. And it was wow. He fucking came out completely different, knew how to handle it. They t- broke down what he had to do. He knew what to do. He implemented the action. He physically could perform it. And isn't that the apex of what martial arts is? Yep. To have full control of your body to do what you want it to do? Yep. I thought that was amazing that he did that. Kind of bummed out because I wanted Marlon Moraes to give him a bit of a hassle for five rounds. Mm-hmm. And then fine, whoever takes in the fifth takes in the fifth. I'm okay with a TKO finish for whoever. But I just thought it was so cool that Henry Cejudo adjusted. Yeah. Right? Like, what did you think? Did you see that one? I watched bits and pieces. Uh, You know what it is? Unfortunately, I watched highlights. So the highlights made it seem like it was a very boring fight up until the finish. Like, it was just this constant back and forth. Nobody was really doing anything. So I didn't really get a a clear perspective on it. Um, So, I mean, that was just my outlook on it. was like, oh, wow. Cejudo was on his heels the first round. Yeah. Okay. And then second round he adjusted. Third round he was not not beating up Marais as bad, I think, as in the second. But you could tell that he kind of figured it out, and he was just waiting for his chance. And then he took it when the opportunity okay. came. So yeah, that was whew, that was that was an event. That was a that was that was a pay per view card. Yeah, that was a fun pay per view card. Uh, coming up, Naganu versus Dos Santos. John Jones versus Tiago Santos. Moicano versus the Korean Zombie is going to be cool. John Jones versus Tiago Santos. I, I don't even know what to say about that. Um, Jermaine Durandamine versus Aspen Ladd. That's going to be fun. I'm a big Aspen Ladd fan. Uh, Edwards versus Dos Anjos. 
Holloway versus Edgar. I can't wait to talk about that. And that's all the way up until fucking July 27th. There's so many fights. There's so many fights. This year has been pretty good, huh? I feel like ever since ESPN got involved, it, it's it been really good. Yeah. You know? I feel like it's been really, really good fights. Yeah. yeah. You know? Anyways, that's all I wanted to talk about. Was there anything you wanted to talk about or no? Uh, actually, let's go to Bellator. Um, Bellator. Yeah. Uh, Rory McDonald versus Gracie. Yeah, that was... He looked. I, I don't. I don't know what Gracie it was, but I uh, named Gracie. I mean, for I mean, it was a great match between the both of them. But like, whatever Gracie was doing, Rory was just like, "Yeah, nope." Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> that, I was that's say. the thing. I thought it was like, "Yeah, no," <laughs> turning out of shit like an alligator fighting. You know what I mean? Like, it, Rory just, was composed. In that yeah, fight. it was. He never panicked, even in the final minutes. The final minutes. The final like segment of the fight the final like 30 seconds yeah he would i think i think they were rolled up on the ground and uh neiman gracie was going for a uh, ankle lock mm-hmm. where he was trying to pick the ankle and roy looks so calm just okay yeah and he actually had it and was trying to twist it and and roy was just like all right i'm just gonna move over <laughs> and just just get out of it and yeah. then i'm just gonna hit him okay there we go thank you just took it <laughs> Legit, like yeah. he calmly looked over, like hammer fisted uh, Neiman Gracie in the face. Uh, he, he like pulled his hands up to protect himself, and then Rory just like stepped out of it, yeah, all calm, like smooth and, and not even fast. Just like okay, thank you, just getting up. Yeah, so I, I thought that was cool. Well, did you hear what he said in the post fight conference? No, no. He was like, "I've made peace with God, and God is now back." Like, oh, doing that I've again. Been, I've been enlightened by God, and you know, my purpose is to be in this cage to fight. Oh, okay. So, so he, he's like renewed. Okay. He says, and he's like, I'm ready. I thought he was going to go down a different route, but okay. Well, that's cool. He's going to fight more. He's going to fight longer. <laughs> I mean, he's still young. He's still got it. Um, and he, another thing he is... still have it. Uh, Chael Sonnen. Oh. And Machida. I mean, that, that was... What did you think of the fight itself? <sighs> well, going into that fight... That fight was a situation of knowing Trail Sonnen had to take it to the ground mm-hmm. to get a win. And Lieto Machida can still bang. He still has power. Yeah. And he had, the question for me, which I didn't know, was does Machida still have his speed? And if he does, Trail's in trouble. If his speed is declining, as it should, or as it could, should, could, would, will eventually... Chael can win this. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is a really good fight on paper. I'm excited to see who wins. Um, I was ex- I was surprised it was by exploding knee to the face. Yeah. Which a, that was a, the second time he landed it. too On a takedown attempt. So I was a little surprised by that. But at the same time, I mean, I I get it. Yeah. Like, it, it, it doesn't blow me away that much because yeah, no. it makes sense that Lyoto still had the striking ability and footwork and experience and overall power to still do damage because I, I, like I said, I know he can still bang. I just thought Chael still had more in the tank to not just avoid that on a takedown, mm-hmm. but to be able to work Lyoto into traps to try to land his takedowns. Yeah. You know, Chael's always been the guy where it wasn't, it's never so much a trap that he would set in a way like GSP or 
you know, exploding into things, um, you know, like uh, like Tyron Woodley used to do or anything like that. Like he's always been the guy to kind of walk you into a position where you can't escape his takedown. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Like Cheryl would always throw, work you in a spot where he's going to shoot and you have to, and like, and that was it. Like you got walked in a situation where it was, this is going to be a takedown attempt. It's not, oh, this is going to be a possible takedown fake to go up high or this is going to be, oh, he could still hit me with a roundhouse kick to the head or no, Chael's tool set and Chael's style was that, right? So it was working you into the, you're now in the takedown room. I'm taking you down. Yeah. Not the, you're still in the hallway. What room are you going into? It was just, nope, I've walked you and set you up into the takedown room and here we go. Yeah, go. Getcha. And he was always such a good wrestler that he could always pull it off. Mm-hmm. But the evolution of technique and all that other stuff has, has really changed the game. Um, as far as him retiring, it makes sense. Yes. He's got, he is too good, too smart, and too funny to be wasting his time in the cage. Fighting and, yeah. He's too good of a commentator. He's too good of a talk show host. He's too good of a podcast host. He's too good of a analyst. I love him out of the cage. He's so well-spoken. He's hilarious still. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's my opinion of him retiring. Yeah. All right, yeah. Why? What's your opinion? No, I, I agree. I was actually going to say the same thing because um, uh, I watch like little clips of his podcast of certain situations he's talking about or whatever. And I I really enjoy the content he puts out. Um, I, but I, I agree. I, I have always liked his commentating and he's very analytical. Um, it just I think this is the right thing it's the right step forward into, you know, a, a, a new possible career for him. Right. You know, right. just doing what he's doing now, just commentating. And now where do you put Chael Sonnen on like the wall? Like, where do you put him as a, as his legacy? Um, like, for example, I put him on the wall of being the guy who introduced really the modern style of, the business of MMA. I was okay. I was gonna say something about business, like uh, drawing in uh, the viewers, I guess, and um, you know, I guess you could call him the original. Would he be the original shit talker? You know, because well, everyone's all the about bad Connor. guy for a reason, right? Like, yeah, not because he's a bad person. By all accounts, I've heard Chael is one of the nicest, kindest guys oh, of in, in the MMA world, but. I remember him. I remember I didn't really get into jail until the Anderson Silver stuff. Mm. And then the way he shit talked and and essentially set the standard, the golden standard of how to talk yourself into into high profile fights and how to how to not even no, not talk yourself into it, but like how to sell the fight. Yeah. It was it's better than anybody in boxing. The only person better than him doing it now is Conor McGregor. Like it's only Chael. Yeah. Chael's the only guy who's smart enough, funny enough, had the charisma and character to sell that. And I, I remember I remember being scared for him. I remember watching that fight with you in Buffalo Wild Wings. Anderson yeah. Silva versus Chael Silva. And uh Chael Silva. Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen. And we were so I, I remember I was concerned about just I hope Chael survives Brazil because Brazil's trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. That's when Brazil's reputation really stepped on the main stage because they were basically chomping at the bit to be able to rip Chael like limb by limb in the streets. Yeah, and it was 
like do they need to give him extra security like yep. like they fucking hate him yeah yep. and he talked himself into it knowing that would happen and then he fucking showed up anderson silva you know and if it wasn't for that that fucking one moment lapse of taking a breather on t- on top and just like oh, okay i can i can wait a second i can like get my air and get back into this and then anderson just wrapped up that fucking triangle and shit like yep. that was amazing yeah you know, and I don't want to pin this all on Chael, like Chael's legacy on him losing. I want to pin it on the fact that Chael took MMA to a different world, a different realm. Absolutely. With his, with just who he is as a person. Yeah. His his fight conferences, I remember looking them up on YouTube, just his press conferences because he was so entertaining and he sold it so well. <laughs> and he, he, he just, his shit with Wanderlei Silva, like, 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 yeah, it, it's like, he sold it uh, as a person and not a fighter. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys sold it as a fighter. Chuck Liddell sold his legacy as being a fighter. It's like the, he's this wild mohawk, tattooed, fucking I want to go out dying, knocking people out type of fighter. Mm. And that was how we knew him. Like, but that was all we knew of, of Iceman. Yeah. Of the Iceman. That's, that was it. Yeah. It was just, dude, he wears blue shorts and he fucking goes nuts and he just yells all the time when he wins. Like, Chael sold fighters as as people mm-hmm. and i think chael was amazing at making that connection yeah because all of a sudden he's charismatic he 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 got us hooked on his story and and we got sad with him we got happy with him that didn't really happen with too many people yeah you know at that era it was what like gsp just mm-hmm. being polite and that was really it as a character yep that was really it you had anderson silva who was really again just kind of like appearing arrogant yeah because he wouldn't talk that much. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he gets partnered with fucking Chael Sonnen, who just pokes him with a hot iron every single time they they get put in front of a mic. Like <sighs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I I that's I I'd say that I put him on on my wall as, you know, he definitely changed the game for the company. Um, for the for the in, for the for the entire the sport. sport in general, yeah. Because I know? mean, as far as his fighting style goes, I mean, it was, you know, he. I mean, his records what like thirty seventeen, thirty eighteen, something like. That. I mean, his 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 record is okay. Yeah, you know? he had some wins. It's better than BJ wins. Penn's, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> let's Sorry. not get in, let's Sorry, not get BJ into Penn that. Fans. But uh, <laughs> you know, he, yeah, he was a good wrestler, but I mean. I don't think I would remember him for the fighting, you know, everything else. Absolutely. I remember for the fighting because when you watched him fight, you were invested in him. Yeah. Because he was charismatic. He, he was. He is charismatic. Yeah. So yeah. you'd kind of just be like, come on, Chael, what you got? Like, let's see what you got, Chael. Like, yeah. Take it to him, Chael. Let's yeah. see it. And I think Chael always had good tools. Mm-hmm. He just, he never had elite tools. Yeah, and I think you'd be the first to admit that. Of just, I'm not an elite guy in any area, really, to be able to dominate a guy with a specific thing, other than his wrestling, which was great. Mm-hmm. His wrestling was great for its time, you know. So, yeah, no, I think it's a. I think he deserves a proper send off, and I think he needs. He should be recognized by the community and the industry for being the guy who has set the standard of kind of what we are writing on now. He helped cast that wave. Yeah, you know, Conor McGregor did what Chael Sonnen did to Anderson Silva to Jose Aldo, to Jose Aldo. Like, that's you could tell he was basically copying exactly what Chael was doing. Mm-hmm. 
of just, I'm going to go in Brazil. I'm going to taunt this guy. I'm going to fuck this guy's mind up. I'm going to get in his head and it's going to give me an opening. Yeah. Look where it got him. Look where it got him. So, so I mean, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's where I would put it. Um, speaking of Bellator, I think I saw it before, uh, Bellator has some really good uh, women's MMA fights, and Bud versus Ruben is coming up, and that looks really fucking good. Oh, Musasi's fighting too, but Julia Bud versus uh, Olga Ruben is going to be sweet. Julia Bud's a fucking monster, but uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that fight that's coming up. Uh, what is it? It's coming up. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? July twelfth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just found out what what network um airs bellator because i never knew paramount i guess yeah paramount network. yeah so now that i know that i'm gonna have to oh dude also the fucking gay guard musasi versus Rafael lovato jr is gonna be fucking badass paul daly versus eric silver is gonna be sweet james gallagher james gallagher for the fucking comeback the bellator mcgregor coming back against jeremiah jeremiah labiano that's gonna be fun too Good fights. I think, uh, you know, we should watch more Bellator and get off UFC's dick a little bit here. But uh, anyways, it's, um, it's, it is my dinner time. I know you're not eating, but it's my dinner time. Yeah. So let's end it with a thank you, Chael, for all the memories. Yes. And uh, Jessica, I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just take some time. Yeah. And Cowboy, thanks for thanks for everything as well. Take it fucking easy. And if anybody from UFC ever hears this, please do what I said with Cowboy. Yeah. Make the shit exciting. Keep it exciting. Give them a break, but Cowboy, definitely take the break. Yeah. There we go. Exactly. Okay. Later. Peace. That's the greatest burn of all time <laughs> that you have. You're, you're role playing this skit with the two guys that you are just shitting on and they're sucking your dick. <laughs> and it's like very graphic. Yeah. Like, oh, violent jet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give it back to Shaggy. He was sucking it better. Yeah. <laughs> and just the whole time is <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Can you imagine being. One of those two guys, and you put on an Eminem track, and everybody hits you up. Did you hear Eminem's latest album? <laughs> no. Go to track nine. You go to track, <laughs> and you get it. You go to track nine, and it's just straight up just you being role played with like your your uh, your friend who's in this music band, this music group with you, and you're being role played in this in this fictitious skit of sucking Eminem's dick. <laughs> With that piano ballad in the background. Yeah. Just <laughs> 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 Shaggy. Oh, shit. Okay, anyways, MMA.